0: Good morning everyone, welcome to the Tuesday, September 8th edition of the MMA OB Daily Podcast. I'm your host as always, Adam Martin, and I'm joined by my co-host here, Cole Shelton. We've got a big show for you guys today. We'll be previewing this weekend's UFC on ESPN Plus 35, Watterson versus Hill Hillcard. We'll be recapping the Overeem versus Sakai card, previewing Contender Series, and talking about Nick Diaz's return, as well as some other news and fight announcements. I will not be doing Bellator today with Cole, I'll do that tomorrow by myself. I'll do that tomorrow at 10 a.m. I'm actually it's actually my birthday this weekend, so I'm going away for a few days. So I'll do that tomorrow morning at 10 a.m. I'll be uh previewing both Bell cards. There's actually two of them this weekend, Cole. So we'll start with uh UFC, but I want to get to these comments first, Cole. Got a couple guys in the chat already. Turn up in May. What's up, gents? Having meeting as usual at this time. Will you be listening. That's good, man. Don't pay attention to those meetings, man. Pay attention to us. <laughs> Kinshiro, Adam and Cole, you late sons. Yes, 30 seconds late. No, I'm kidding. And he says they're never late. Now nah, we're always here at 10 a.m., man. 10 a.m. every Tuesday, guys. Preview uh, the upcoming UFC card and recap the last one. So, Cole, how's it going? First off, do I set up everything?
1: Yeah, it's going well. The week was good. Went out golfing like three, four times this week, so that's always really? good. Go out that much. I go out golfing a lot. And I don't know, just because this summer I've been out way more than usual, just because what else can you really do?
0: Oh, really nice, man. Like, uh, I guess you have a handicap, obviously.
1: Yeah, I used to be really good. Like when I was in elementary school, like grade like five to seven, I do like tournaments across Ontario. Like it was like for Canada junior golf. And then it was just literally every weekend. So then I got sick of it. And then throughout high school, I quit because I was literally golfing in these tournaments. Like it would be like Friday to Sunday every single weekend. So then I just got tired. But past couple of years, I've been starting to go back up. But
0: anytime I go out there, it's always good. That's great, man. Like I told you, you got to get back into the kickboxing thing. Like I was telling you about a while ago. Now that uh, hopefully this. COVID thing is, is coming. I wouldn't say it's over, but you know, it, it definitely you can go back to the gym now. So I told you to do that, Cole. I want yeah, you to, me and my
1: friend are talking about
0: signing up for boxing lessons. So I want to see you do that, man. But yeah, for myself, yeah, I, I golfed a few times this summer too. I love golf. I'm, I'm not great at it. I'm okay at it. But my bowling league starts tonight, Cole. We're back at bowling, man. So I'm excited about that. Marcus Williams, tuned in and locked in. Glad to have you here, Marcus, for the ride, man. We'll talk about. Uh, your boy, Jeff Neal, maybe a little bit later as well. I mean, it's crazy, right? We'll talk about that situation with Kansas a little bit later on too. Okay, cool. Let's start with, uh, last weekend's card. We'll, we'll go through it kind of quick. I mean, there's only seven fights, uh, shortest UFC card as far as uh, total fight, uh, total bouts goes since 2005, uh, which is insane. Three fights fell off at like the last second or two fights fell off. I guess the last second, um, the Carol Rosa fight fell off, I think Thursday she got sick from the weight cut. But two guys got tested positive on Sunday. I, I, I'm sitting there – or Saturday, I should say. I'm sitting on my computer waiting for the card to start. I, I message Cole. I'm like, dude, check this out. Tiago Moises test positive And Marcus Ruggiero DeLima tested positive. And I'm thinking to myself, how are they still going on with this card? Like two guys tested positive. Kevin Vida also tested positive. He was pulled from the card. So three guys this week tested positive, Cole. It's crazy, right? Like you look at sport like the NHL. Way more players. Way more people involved. No, t- no positive tests in like over a month. NBA, same thing. Um, football, I think, has been minimal testing. MLB does have uh, occasional testing uh, positives, but it's crazy, man. Like, I love UFC. I know that they obviously don't have a bubble right now, but wh- ever since they got back to Vegas, Cole, it's like at least one or two fights, someone's falling off due to COVID-19. Yeah. It's crazy, man. So I-, I think the Fight Island thing is going to be good for them when they go back, but, uh, you know, we'll see what happens. there. Uh, they're supposed to go back for five weeks, but me and Cole both think they're going to go back in, like, December for another, like, 5 weeks stint. So let's talk about the uh, fights that did happen. Cole start the main event. Overeem defeats Sakai fifth round TKO. Great performance by Overeem. First couple of rounds were definitely competitive. First three rounds, I mean, uh, according to the judges, Sakai would have won a split decision had it ended in three rounds. But it was a five round fight, and that championship experience, Cole, and that five round experience really paid dividends here for Overeem. Uh, I loved Overeem in this fight. No, you did too. I thought the line was really generous. I, yeah. It looked like minus one sixty, but to me, that was still a generous line. You know, when we broke down the fight early in the week, Cole, I think he was minus 130. And I'm thinking, like, I even asked you, Cole. I'm like, everyone I see, everyone I know that bets on fights is betting on him. Why is Sakai su- such a, uh, a small uh, underdog here? It's weird. Like, someone was betting on Sakai. I guess the Brazilians, I have no idea. Someone was laying money on Sakai to make the line close. To me, this fight wasn't super competitive outside the first couple rounds. Over him looked amazing. Just like we talked about, Cole, the wrestling and the ground pound. man. He looked amazing. Um, another win for him. Four of his last five fights, wins via TKO. What's next for Alistair Overeem? Yeah, he looked good. I I
1: didn't really understand it either. Like, I kind of it's how I saw the fight playing out. Sakai coming out. Over experience. Like if he does like I expect him to lose the first two rounds and just start taking over once against those Sakai gasses, and that's exactly what happened. But Over I think you can do a couple things. I think you can do the Rosenstruck rematch. I know I've talked to Rosenstruck. Rematch. A lot of times he has no interest in that, but I don't know if he'd accept it. Or I think if Volkov beats Walt Harris, I think that's a fresh matchup for Overman. I think it makes sense. Just another striker. Overeem can have some success wrestling Volkov's a big name. If he can get past Volkov, that doesn't wonders again. I it's kind of he's in a weird spot because I know he's in the top five, but the rest of the top five's kind of matched up. Like you have Ain gone, and Gonne, you're thinking you have Derek Lewis Curtis Blades. So he's kind of on the outside, like maybe Rosenstruck. You're not going to fight a JDS again just because he's on a big lose streak. So I think it's going to be a Rosenstruck rematch or like a full cop if he beats Walt Harris. But if Walt Harris wins in October, then it's just kind of only Rosenstruck's really there.
0: Yeah, I'm thinking about it. I mean, Rosenstruck, to me, that fight doesn't make sense. I know he said he's not super interested. In his opinion, he schooled Rosenstruck the first fight. I can't really disagree with that, call. I mean, he was on his way to winning a 50-45 decision or 49-46 before that big punch. He thinks that Dan Murray would have to stop the fight too soon. I mean, a lot of fights, guy gets dropped, and guy other guys to rain down ground or down. That was kind of a quick stoppage, but he did get his lip ripped open. We saw the replay. I can't see why the ref stopped it. So to me, I mean, you could do that rematch. You could wait for the winner, or I guess Lewis, if he wins. He's not going to fight Blades, obviously, again, or the fact that he's his teammate. Um, John Jones is the other guy. I, I think that's a realistic fight call, honestly. I think that'd be a great introduction for uh, john jones to heavyweight over him's a legend he's a, a big heavyweight he's a guy who used to fight light heavyweight he's a legend man Cole, he's been fighting since 97 Cole, his fight against chuck liddell was in ni- 2003 17 years later he's still at the top of the sport what he's done is incredible so to me over an absolute legend I, obviously he's had some drug testing issues in the past uh, it seems like he's a clean athlete now i mean it's incredible what he's still doing at age 40 so i, I have a lot of respect for alistair over and I, I love what he's doing. I'm going to take a couple of comments here, and we'll go through the rest of the card quickly. Kenshiro says he's a Muay Thai and kickboxing trainer. He's going to hit, hook, hook you up, Cole. So whenever you go to New York, Cole, you got to go hook up Kenshiro. <laughs> uh, he says he also faded Reem. Why would you fade Reem against Sakai, man? Come on. Reem is good. Is I great. don't think Sakai is good either. He's okay, Cole. He's like, he could beat a lot of heavyweights. Heavyweight I Sakai don't.
1: I'm not. I don't. If, honestly, I would might pick him against every ranked heavyweight. You think so? I, yeah. I he think didn't, didn't beat Arlovsky. And if you don't beat Arlovsky, like, if you look at MA decisions, every single media member scored it for Orlovsky and one had it a draw. No one had it for Sakai. I,
0: I think I was. I think we were part of that, right? Like when we were. Sure yeah. About, pretty sure my score is up there. Yeah, yeah. Also, I have a comment for turn up MA. Are any any use five dimes? Sucks, they're going away. So five dimes. Okay, so I used to use it when I worked. Uh, well, I still work for Oddsbreaker, but like five or six years ago, um, they uh, sponsored us. So. Uh, they would you know hook us up and stuff like that. I did use it for a while. I found the payouts extremely difficult to get. Like they always had thing excuse like you know they couldn't send a certain amount of money like at a certain time. So to me they were a good book because they offer good lines, but there was issues with payouts. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it's cuz I'm Canadian or not, but there was issues with that. I didn't see they were closing, but I just googled it and they're saying they're going to close five months to American customers. I'm not surprised by that at all. Cole. I mean, the whole gambling thing, uh, they want to start, you know, doing it in the States and in, in the actual States. And I think they want to tax it and stuff. So I think that's exactly the reason they're doing that because they don't want all the offshore uh, books to get all the money. So I just saw, I, I just read about that. I'll check it out later, but yeah, five beds. I mean, it, it is a good sports book as far as lines and, and betting. And you know, I, I had some success there in the past, but um, I did have issues, you know, with certain cash outs but you know i don't know if that's different right now i don't use it anymore uh and also i know that tony who you know yeah. caused some problems to people dude he was killed a couple of years ago and i'm not sure exactly what happened there but uh you know I, I personally didn't really know tony but i know nick did and nick was you know he, t- he took that pretty hard when tony was uh killed so uh it was it was pretty crazy man but you know hopefully uh you guys can find another book if that's an issue for you there's lots of sports books out there right now cole i mean there's some really good ones and you you want to say something about that cole well, yeah, and Five Dimes is always one of the first to
1: open lines, too. So, yeah, and it's going to yeah. be interesting to see what Oscar Sports like now is the first. Because it seems like most of them just basically open theirs based on what Five Dimes did. So, now yeah. it's, one of them
0: has to be one of the first to open. I mean, Nick Nick was the odds maker for Five Dimes for years. And Nick did an amazing job. Nick was so quick to get the lines out. He was getting them out Monday, Tuesday, cool. Well, you know, a lot of these other books, they'll copy other books. So, hopefully, you can find another book. Anyways, let's go through the rest of this card quickly. Uh, sec- uh, co-main event OSP knocks out Menefield second route. Cole, I don't know why you switched your pick, man. Come on. You shouldn't have switched your pick. I told you this, Cole, and, you know, I love Menefield, but you can't train cardio in two extra weeks, Cole. That's something that's like a lifelong thing. It's going to take months and months. It's a lifestyle change. He's got too much muscle in his body, Cole. Sorry, but he does. I think he could make a drop to 185 potentially. Like, he has way too much muscle. He looked really small in that cage. OSP is a massive light heavyweight, by the way. He's massive. OSP is so, super underrated, by the way. How is he not ranked? How is Paul Craig ranked? And OSP is ranked. OSP is a good fighter, man. OSP is way more experienced. He has the most finishes in UFC light heavyweight history. Yet he's not ranked over a guy like Paul Craig or even Shogun, who's completely—I wouldn't say completely shot, but he's at the end of his career. So to me, OSP is so underrated, Cole. And I know that you think your boy Menafield might get cut after this.
1: Yeah, it's gonna be interesting what they do with him. He's two-fight losing streak. He hasn't looked too good in his past two fights. Like I think they're gonna give him one more, but I don't. I. Like, looking back, I didn't really understand the matchmaking. Like, he lost Devin Clark. And to me, OSP's a bigger step up than Devin Clark. I just didn't trust OSP. Like, I don't know. I, I have a ch- tough time trusting him. Still, so, like, he just loses fights when he shouldn't. I thought it was just going to be one of those. But OSP to me, like, I don't know why he's ranked. Right. Like, Nikita Krylov, I know they're one and one. So, like, and Nikita Krylov's nine. I'd probably pick OSP to beat Misha Serkinov at ten. Anthony said at eight. I don't know who I'd pick in that fight. That's a close one. Like, he's a... He's for sure a top fifteen
0: guy and you can even make the case. He's probably even top ten. It's kind of weird how like Misha's ranked above Johnny Walker, right? When they just fought like last year and he knocked him out. I, I love Misha. He's Canadian, obviously. He's coming off a nice win over crew. I think he's ranked a little too high. Um, we can complain about the rankings all day, but to me, you know, OSP's a guy that he's got a win over Shogun, he has a win over Corey Anderson, he's got the win over menfield now. He's got some other wins. He's a guy who's been around forever, cool, and he finishes all his opponents. So to me, he's a guy who should be ranked in the top 15. I think it's nuts he's not ranked there um marcus williams a comment here surprised over did not call johnny bones jones in his post-fight interviews perfect time to sell that fight agree completely man i really thought he'd say something about it because in the in the uh, pre-fight interviews they were all asking him when he said you know i respect john jones and i think he looks good at uh i think he's going to be good at heavyweight and he said he'd be interested in the fight so to me it's a perfect fight i'd love to see that fight kinshiro says uh osp and green both look horrible in their last fight that's why we fade them i know what you're saying but like Manifield didn't look good either man in his last fight, and Sakai is kind of. I'm with you, Cole. I mean, he's a little bit overrated when you think about it. Like some of his wins, he's ranked number nine, I think, or he was. Some of his wins were kind of sketchy, like the fight. There's no way he won that fight. So to me, um, he's a guy that's a, he's a decent fighter, Cole. But you're right. I mean, does he beat the majority of the top ten? No, maybe a couple guys at the bottom end, the fifth, top fifteen, like Lagoy. We're gonna say, Cole.
1: Well, I don't even really know if he beat Lagoy. Like, yeah, Lagoy took him down when that fence grab happened. If he took him down, like. We saw Sakai doesn't know how to get up once he gets to his back.
0: Yeah, I'm with you on that. Let's go through the rest of this quick. Uh, Michelle Paheya defeats Salima Madia, third-round submission. Sketchy stoppage, man. Yeah. That's, that's not a good stoppage, but it didn't matter. Really. Because he no was way.
1: winning 30-27, 30-26, whatever you wanted to call yeah, it. I'm
0: with you on that. I mean, that was a blowout anyway, so like to me, this not super controversial, but there's no way that was a tap, and it was almost like the ref just wanted to stop the fight. or Some people were saying, you know, Chris Tyone cashed his ticket on – uh pay by third round submission just like he cashed his ticket on trevin jones by second round knockout a couple weeks ago you know what i actually think he's not a bad ref like some of those fights that people are questioning the stoppage is they don't look that bad in hindsight i mean after the guy was getting tooled and then he comes back to win i mean why would you stop the fight if the guy came back to win right so to me he's not that bad um andre muniz great performance here against Bartosz fabinski armbar first round this is definitely a guy overlooked on this card, Cole. I mean, I like Fabinski. I think his grappling is great. And I really was impressed by his fight against Darren Stewart. That's why I picked him here. But Muniz, uh, I think he's got a six-fight win streak right now, Cole. And he's looking good, man. And he finishes everyone, too. What are going to say? He was so much bigger than Fabinsky. I didn't realize like, how big he is for 185. I agree. And he looked good in this fight. He deserved a bonus, and he got it. Um, Brian Kelleher also got a bonus. I mean, this fight was a joke. Uh, to be honest, the line was too low. I think it was like minus 400 at close, something like that. It like minus 600, 700.
1: Brian Keller inside the distance was literally like minus 125 or yeah, something like that.
0: That's nuts. That's nuts. Ray Rodriguez, I mean, credit to the guy. He literally took the fight on one day's notice. Like, he literally did. But this fight was – it wasn't competitive. Brian Keller is an underrated guy. Uh, definitely a guy that not enough people talk about. But he's a fun guy to watch. And I, I like his personality, too. He seems like kind of a cool dude. Uh, Viviani Araujo uh, loses a, a, a 30-25 decision to uh, Montana De La Rosa. Montana De La Rosa just destroyed Viviani per, ever, Araujo. Uh, Daniel Cormier was was so right about this fight, Cole. He was so right. No, I'm just kidding, guys. This was a up for Araujo. The, the commentary in this fight was pathetic. I mean, come on, DC. Like, call a fight out as it is, man. I know the UFC, obviously, they, they want to promote Montana a little bit, Cole. Like, they like her. She's definitely a good-looking girl. She's got a good story. Come on. This this fight was a blowout for Aruzo. The commentary was ridiculous, Cole. What you think about this one, man?
1: Yeah, Aruzo won all three rounds. Like, yeah. I don't get what they're talking about. I thought, I picked Aruzo when I thought she could just out-grapple Aruzo, but yeah. take takedown events Told you. really impressive. Yeah, she, I, I, I'm still not high in her. Like, I picked Jess Guy to beat her. If you lose, like, Jess Guy dead end of beating her. Like, I don't know how she does against the top five of the division. It,
0: like, yeah.
1: if she fights top five i'll probably pick against her again but this was a good performance but i didn't think it was close and I even saw some people on twitter saying oh you could make a case for dollars i'm like i didn't even see dollars i went
0: around that's that's a problem people thought that because that means people were paying attention too much to the commentary and not enough to the fight you know i i do obviously listen to the commentary because i want to hear what they're saying but i really try to pay attention to the fight and the commentators they're usually decent in the ufc but this was a bad performance by cormier in this fight and finally uh Cole, you lost the unanimous decision, man. To open up the card against Hunter Azure, man, you got taken down at will and and beaten up in the third round. Cole, you almost came back with your cardio, but ultimately Hunter Azure defeated you via unanimous decision, Cole. So, any thoughts on this performance by you, Cole?
1: <laughs> yeah, Hunter looked good. I thought he'd win a decision. Is he does his gas tank does worry me. He like I if guy is really good cardio, that's the big problem. Like I think he can he'll always lose that third round, and he might even get finished in that third round. Is his whole game plan is just out grapple, win the first two rounds, and then just try to survive that third round. But I don't know how that's going to work against some of these top 15 banner weights. But this is a good win for him. Cole Smith now, two fight, lose streak. I think they're going to give him one more, but he has to win his next fighter. He's going to be cut as well.
0: Yeah, he's he's uh he's not that great, man. Honestly, like he doesn't throw enough strikes, and yeah, his cardio is pretty good. But you have to have other weapons besides just cardio. Cardio is a big weapon, and Hunter Rogers gotta work on it. But overall, I mean, it, you know, I thought he looked okay. Um, bonuses: OSP, Galvin, Kelleher, Muniz, and who's the other one? Uh, Whom am I forgetting? Cole. I just I just, I just changed the page back. But o-
1: OSP Muniz.
0: Uh, yeah, um, obviously, yeah, I mean, Overeem didn't get one, but to me, over him makes a lot of money anyway, so no no big deal. Uh, just take some comments and we'll get into the breakdown of this weekend's card. Turn up, mate. His uh, five, he said he's got betty aside, from that in my book, he, he likes five rounds the best. Five times is a good book as far as lines go and stuff, it's good, but again, I had some issues with payouts over the years, so it is what it is. I know Magician says, PA by sub, I have no complaints. Yeah, I mean, you kind of got a gift there, bro, but it happens, right? Like, it's that's sports for you, man. So, congrats. And uh, Ken Shiro says he also had people betting on that. I'm surprised you guys bet on that. I Zelane's ever been submitted. He is more of a knockout, guys. But, I mean, obviously, you guys saw something there, and you saw some value in that, so congrats. And uh, here's a good question. Marcus Williams. How big of a star do you think Michelle Bahia can be if he learns English and continues to win like he did on Saturday? The pimp slaps are funny. I like this guy, man. He's a good fighter, cool, honestly. And I saw Kamaru Usman praising him afterwards, saying, like, this guy's improved his skills. He's got good cardio, obviously. He's got uh, improved cardio, I should say. Much better than that Tristan Conley fight. If he's Mm. not out there jumping around and dancing and stuff, he's good, man. So I like the guy. The slaps were good. And, uh, yeah, I think, Cole, you know, I think he could be a star for the UFC, especially in Brazil. What do you think? Yeah, I agree. I think
1: he can – if he learns English, that's a big thing. That's why, like, Jose Aldo, as good as he was, he never became that big star is because he didn't learn English. I think if you're going to be that big star, you have to break out in the American – the North American market by learning English. Like, If he learns English even just a tiny bit like even just Habib Habib yes. isn't have good English but he does enough to where he can do interviews and speak like to promote a fight if prayer can just do that I think he can be a big star especially the way he's fighting like he's not doing those somersaults he's not dancing all the way the octagon he's not gassing himself out like if he fights like that and even if he just throws in some of those slaps like it's it's kind of funny and I think he can be something but he, he is obviously. He needs to be a better, a smarter fighter because we all saw what happened when, with Diego Sanchez.
0: Yeah, I'm surprised he only, he's only 26 years old, man. He looks way older than 26. He has so many
1: fights, too. Yeah, he's
0: got like 30-something fights, right? 40 fights almost. I'm surprised he's 26, man. I don't know if that's a, a, a truthful age. Straight wager. Pinnacle is the only book in Canada in regards to not capping your success limits. Pinnacle is a very good sports book as well. I agree completely. They usually have really good lines and no issues with payouts as far as uh, pass concerned. Uh i've used the book it's a really good book and he's right i mean they don't i don't think they limit people like you can win on that book and they won't limit you they they welcome winners actually i think that's their their uh, trademark so very good book i agree with you kashiro says he is 24 and 11 26 years old I think uh, the lifetime perfect Keppler may's improvement get better. Don't let the eleven losses M May when he was basically a teenager. That's another good point too. A lot of his losses early in his career, you have to really like look at guys. Just because he has a bad record doesn't mean he's losing recently. And a lot of his losses core like DQ losses and stuff. Like this guy's kind of he's he's a guy that's been learning on the job. And he says he looks like he's 33. I agree completely. I mean, he's he definitely looks like he's a little bit older than me. I mean, I'm not saying I look young by any means, but he looks a little bit older than me. Probably because of the, uh like you said, the, the the beard. Okay, that's it for this card. Let's move on to uh, this weekend's card, Cole. So uh, let me tee it up, Cole, and I just want to get your quick thoughts on this card while I tee it up.
1: Oh, um, I think Bellator's card's better. I don't think this is a very good card. I think Mix Archulette is the best fight of
0: the weekend. I think the Bellator card Friday is really good. Um, there's two Bellator cards. We're not doing it today, guys. I'm going to do them tomorrow by myself 10 a.m like i said I-, I like belter's card on friday though as far as this ufc card i actually think it's not bad um not a lot of big names the main event's not a good main event too bad glover and tiago santos was uh, scratched that fight would have been really good i'm looking forward to seeing that fight it's unfortunate it's only gonna be three rounds now in october cool that should be a five-round fight because most likely the winner's getting a title shot so that's unfortunate but i actually think it's not bad there's a lot of like really closely on fights and even some of the fights where, like there's bigger favorites. I think there's a few fights where the underdog has a chance. So to me, it's not a bad card. Okay, cool. Let's start with the first fight on the card. And I don't know, like we're kind of seeing different. Uh, I, there's a few different lineups out there, but I'm gonna go with what Tapology says. So, no, Tapology updated because this was shown on the broadcast. Okay, so I'll, I'll go with whatever Tapology says right now. But again, you know this this is gonna this card subject to change too. I guarantee you once again, Cole. I'll bet you guys anything that. Well, Cole,
1: fights o- over under, te- uh, over under nine and a half. Do we get double dishes fights?
0: Oh, over under nine and a half. I'll take the over, but I think I think it's better to set at probably ten and a half. I think we'll set it at ten and a half. So I'm I'm going to take the under on that too, Cole. I think the price I is- think we get eleven. You see, okay, we'll go okay. I think we'll, we lose go. one fight. I think that's why I said at ten and a half. So let's start with the first fight according to topology: women's flyweight bout Sabina Mazo against Justin Keish. And right now, the odds, Sabina Mazo minus 245, Keish plus 205. Give me your pick.
1: I have to go with Sabina Mazo. I am not high on Justine Keish at all. I know she returned after that layoff, beat Lucy Pudelova. I don't think Pudalova's a good fighter either. So to me, that win isn't that impressive. Sabina Mazo, obviously, she's on that two by win streak, really Shaded to JJ Aldridge, not that high level competition. I personally wouldn't bet this fight. It's two low level women's fights. So you don't really know what you're going to get. I just think Mazo's the. Is going to throw more volume. She's the younger fighter. She has more upside. I just think she going to be able to just be the more volume striker, be the more active striker, and just kind of grind out a decision win just their they're striking. Just uh hit Kish more. I'm just, again, this is more of a fade on Justin Kish because I'm not really high to be an at all either.
0: I think this fight's a little closer than the odds are indicating, personally, because I feel like it's going to be one of those women's uh flyweight boats that stays on the feet and there's going to be a lot of strikes thrown by both girls. and. Whatever the judges see is how it's going to play out on the scorecard. So to me, the fight's a little bit closer. I'd cap Azo about minus 200, maybe minus a little 190, something in that area. So to me, minus 245 is a little bit rich on her. I am going to pick um, uh, Mazzo to win because, first off, she's nine years younger, 23 years old compared to 32 for Kish. She's been far more active the last few years. Kish barely fights anymore. And also she has a six-inch reach advantage, which is huge too. So... To me, those those physical advantages, Cole, are going to help her in this fight. But Kish is not terrible, and she has some decent wins, like Nina Ansarov, Rand Marcos. Those were like five or six years ago, though, so it's been a while. But she does have quite a bit of experience at the highest level. So I think she potentially could pull off the upset here, Cole, and I personally wouldn't recommend betting on Mazzo. Um, the odds on the fight going the distance, that is minus 270. I think that probably wins. I don't see this fight ending inside a distance. I think that's a better bet, personally. I think three-round fight, I'm going to pick Mazo by decision, but I think Kish could potentially pull it off, too. Next up, we have a Walter belt. This one's kind of a head-scratcher, Cole, in my opinion. Uh, Brian Barberini against Anthony Ivey. Kind of weird matchmaking here, uh, in my opinion. Uh, right now, we have Barberini 275, Ivey plus 235. Who's your pick?
1: I think is going to knock out Anthony Ivey probably pretty early, like first, second round. I, I picked Anthony Ivey in his last fight, and he fell down from a punch to the forehead. Like, yep. I was not impressed at all. He did not look good. I think Barbarina. Barbarina. I know he has a couple finish losses, like his last two were finishes, but those were in the third round. And he survived. Like Luke and Brown hit him with like everything they could throw, and he just kept walking forward the first two rounds. I can't see Ivy doing that to him. I just think Barbarina is just going to be a uh, more powerful striker, the better striker. I think he's going to eventually land something. Eyes can go down. He'll finish with ground pound. Like like I said, pretty early first second round.
0: I'm just scratching my head at this matchup. I don't really understand it. Anthony obviously had one fight in the UFC. He got knocked out in 59 seconds by Christian Aguilera. Um, you look at some of his wins, Cole, and, you know, we both did pick him in that fight, but you look back and, and man, his level of competition was fairly poor. Uh, I mean, considering how quickly he got knocked out, you have to wonder how kind of bad those guys are he beat, Cole. Like, they're probably not that great. So, to me, that's, after seeing that loss in the way he got finished, that's a pure fade on this guy. I know is coming off two straight knockout losses too, but first off he was going to be Vicente Luque, had that fight on decision. It ended with six seconds left in the third round. He got knocked out. But he was close to winning a decision as a huge underdog. Um, the Matt Randy Brown fight was pretty competitive. He got knocked out in that fight. I guess that's why they matched him well, up because he is coming off the two straight knockout losses. But, you know, this is a guy who's been there with some really good fighters. He's pulled off a lot of upsets since his career, like the Sage Northcutt fight and Orly Alves. Like, he's been written off a lot. He's a big favorite here. I don't love seeing Brian Barberian as a big favorite goal because, to me, he's one of those guys you like to bet on as a dog. But in this case, I, I like him here, Cole. I think he finishes Anthony Ivey. Could be knock out, could be submission, but I'm pretty sure he finishes this fight. You know, I don't love the line. I, I think it's fair because I think he's pretty much going to dominate this fight. I just don't love him as a as a favorite. He's one of those guys I like to bet on as a dog. So you got to look at the line a little bit, little bit more, but I'm pretty sure people are going to parlay this guy. Uh, next up, we have Frank Camacho against Brock Weaver at lightweight. Right now, we have Frank Camacho, minus 225. Weaver, plus 185. Who's your pick?
1: Again, don't love the line on this, but I have to go Frank Camacho. I think Brock Weaver is not a good fighter. I don't think he's UFC caliber, and I don't even think he has the power to knock Frank Camacho out. Frank Camacho obviously doesn't have that good chin. I wouldn't recommend betting Frank Camacho at this line. Like, what is he now? He's... Nice 225. Yeah, like, hard. Yeah. that's not anything good. I just think he'll be able to outstrike Brock Weaver, maybe eventually put Weaver out. Yeah. I am just, again, like, Weaver was getting dominated against Rodrigo Vargas and only won because the illegal knee. He looked terrible against Roosevelt Roberts. I just think Frank Fox is going to be able to win this fight pretty easily. I think this is going to be Brock Weaver's last fight in the UFC as well.
0: Yeah, I'm honestly not high on both guys, man. I really used to like Frank Camacho a lot. He was a fun, exciting guy to watch. He took a lot of damage, though, in his first couple fights. He won fight the night, I think, three times in a row. But he took a lot of damage in those fights. That last fight against Justin James getting knocked on 41 seconds like that was really bad to watch. And to me, he's a pure fade. So... Brock Weaver is a guy i like to fade too, Cole, but I can't pass off the odds here of plus 180 on Brock Weaver against Frank Camacho just because you can't bet minus 225 on Frank Camacho. You just can't do it. You look at his record, Cole. He's won one of his last five fights. How can he be this big of a favorite? I know, again, Brock Weaver has not looked good in the UFC, and to me, he's a guy that you can fade, and his uh, record is just not impressive at all. But I'm it's a pure fade on Frank Camacho, man. I don't like him as a favorite here. I'm picking Brock Weaver, Cole. I think you can possibly knock Camacho, if not grind a decision. I don't, I don't, I don't love betting on Brock Weaver. I just think there's value on him. I honestly do. Uh, you cannot bet on Frank Camacho at this kind of odds. Next up, we have a lightweight belt between Alan Patrick and Bobby Green. Bobby Green, man, he's being really active. I like that. Right now he's a minus okay. two point, my favorite, and Patrick plus 205. Go ahead, Cole.
1: Well, obviously Bobby Green taking this fight on short notice. Alan Patrick was supposed to fight out Rodrigo Vargas, who lost to, Uh, Brock Weaver. Uh, Alan Patrick hasn't fought since CFC 229. The Habib Connor card we got knocked out or ground and pounded by Scott Holtzman. Even though Bob Green's taking this by short notice, I still think he's going to have a better cardio than Alan Patrick. I think he's the better fighter than Alan Patrick. I just think on the feed, he'll be able to pick apart Alan Patrick. The two-year layoff, I don't really like for Patrick. I just think Green being more active, he's obviously... Obviously, how much can you get out of shape in that short little time? So I think he's still going to be in good fighting shape. I think his cardio is going to be there. I actually think he's going to be able to outgrind Patrick, maybe put him against the fence, use his striking just to get another decision win here.
0: I really like Bobby Green in this fight. Um, even with the short notice, I really like him here, Cole. I think it's a great matchup for Bobby Green. First off, he's been super active. I thought he's looked really good lately against Guida and against Venata. Venata, I mean, that was a Awesome performance, great fight, and he looked really good in it. Good takedown defense, great boxing. I mean, this guy's got he's got it all. Good cardio, too. When Bobby Green is right and when he's is mentally right, he is one of the better lightweights in the yeah. US. So to me, he's actually a very underrated fighter. I love getting him as a dog in the last fight call. I know you did too. He's a big favorite here. You gotta play, pay a premium price, but I think it's worth it. I would rather bet on Green than Mazo or probably even Barbary. I, I think I'm pretty. Confident and green in this fight, guys. I, I just feel like he's going to stop all the takedowns, keep the fight staying, and pick apart Patrick. Patrick does have some good wrestling. We've seen that in the past, Cole, but uh, I, 37 years old, hasn't fought in two years. I was doing. I wrote my preview last night, Cole. I sent it in to Brian at Oddsbreaker. That's exactly what I said. I'm like, this guy hasn't fought since Connor Habib. That's the last time he fought. That's a long time ago. That's a pure fade. You know, I feel bad for this dude because I liked his story a few years ago, and he was, you know, saying, uh, "I really need the bonus money to buy to to, to have a house." You know, we we live in the favelas in Brazil. I like the guy; he's kind of had it rough a little bit, but I think it's a bad matchup for him. Cole, I would have picked him against Rodrigo Vargas. I would too. but I don't like this matchup for him at all, I think Bobby Green wins a clear decision, and I do like him for parlay. actually. Were gonna say? And Bobby
1: Green, by decision, is only minus 110, which I'm surprised. I'm surprised that's not, surprised that's not, not more juiced. That's not
0: bad. I mean, I guess he could finish Patrick, but I doubt it. He's more of a decision guy. So I, I actually like that call. It's not bad. That's actually a really good prop just, uh, to just point it out. Next up, we have a lightweight belt between Roosevelt Roberts and Matt Frevela. Interesting fight here. Uh, competitive odds. And right now, we have Roberts minus 115, Fravella minus 105. Who's your pick?
1: Yeah, this is a really interesting fight. There's a lot of heat between them because Roosevelt Roberts and Jalen Turner are like best friends and Matt Favola beat Jalen Turner. And ever since then, every, after every single fight, Roosevelt Roberts has been calling Matt Favola out. So I'm going to get that one back. I talked to Roberts for this fight. He was fired up for this one, but I'm going the other way. I, th- I think I like Matt Favola in there. Just I know we, it's kind of that pick em. I still think if you like Matt Favola like I do, I think you should wait. So Roosevelt Roberts is more popular fighter. I think there's going to be money on him and I think you might even be able to get a a bit of plus money on Matt Favola. I just he's I know Roosevelt Roberts is obviously really big. He's six foot two, but Matt Favola's had a lot of success against those guys. Like his last two fights were Jalen Turner and Luis Pena, who are massive lightweights. I think Matt Favola can just get on the inside of Roosevelt Roberts, clinch him up against the fence, even take him down. And we saw Roberts has uh, struggle against kind of these fighters like Vince Michelle, Jim Miller, where if he gets clinched up or he gets taken down to the ground, he doesn't have a whole lot of success. That's Matt Full's clear uh, path to victory. I think he can just do similar to Jalen Turner. Just clinch him up, take him down, just kind of grind a decision to win. And I, even as a, this slight pick-em-on
0: Matt Full, I still like that line quite a bit for him. Dude, I like Matt Favola too, man. I, I think he should be favored in this fight. Roosevelt Roberts has way too many holes in his grappling. You know, We saw Jim Miller, what he did to him. We saw Vince Michelle did to him. And honestly, you look at his wins, Cole. He, he literally beat the worst guys in this division like Errol Horcher, Thomas Gifford, Brock Weaver and Volko, uh Yakov is not a, de- is a decent win but the other guys are like I don't even think they're in the UFC anymore except for Weaver right so this guy is not as great as like people think he is and he's always a big favorite Cole it's weird here he's only a small favorite but I think that's wrong I think Frevela should be favored in this fight I think the line's wrong you know look at Frevela's performances in the UFC the the polar race fight that was that was a bad loss that was almost three years ago that was uh that was even before Stipe versus Nagano too like that was a long time ago and since then he's undefeated he's looked really good good wrestling that I think that's the the game plan here take him down and try to submit him possibly but even if he doesn't submit him I just think he's going to grind him out give me Matt Frevla man And definitely I think he's worth a bet guys as a a dog here yeah I'm with Cole I mean you could wait a few more days and get plus money maybe plus 110 or something that'd be good odds too but Cool, I, I like him to win this fight, man. I really do. I think he wins. I like the odds. We're gonna say cool. Well, I just think Roosevelt is the more popular fighter. That's why I think money's
1: gonna come in on him. So I think even at this, like even if you bet him at minus one hundred five, minus one hundred ten, I that's a pretty good line on him as well.
0: Where are people gonna learn about this guy? Honestly, like he's he's got flaws in his game, guys, with his grappling. All right, next up, women's bantamweight bout: Julia via against Savjara Eubanks. And right now we have via minus three hundred ten, Eubanks plus two hundred fifty five. She uh, was supposed to fight last week and got pushed to this card. Who's your uh, you pick in this one, Cole?
1: I have to go Julia Villa. Fade on Sajara Eubanks. The fade on Eubanks continues. I am just not high on her. She just, I think if you're going to bet this fight, I think the best way to do it, if you like Julia Villa, is go live betting. Sajara Eubanks always wins the first round, and she always gasses herself in that first round. She's going to look good in this first round against Julia Villa, and then she's going to gas herself. I honestly wouldn't be surprised if this line gets way lower after the first round live betting. And Avia just wins that second or third round or even finishes Eubanks. Avia to me, I know she hasn't fought the high level competition, like she's fought Gina Mazzani, Pinicanzad. On the regional scene, she beat Nika Montano, which isn't a bad which is a pretty good win. I just can't get around to picking Sajar Eubanks to win. So I think Avia wins this fight, probably decision, maybe a late finish.
0: Yeah, no, I like I like Avia a lot. And this is someone else I would parlay to. Um, you know, I'm just gonna look at what Green and Avia would be just uh, as far as parlayed them go Avia and green where's green where is he don't see oh here he is minus 116 i mean you, you maybe wait a few days to get to even money i i, I think they both win cool and i like Avia a lot in this fight new banks is a pure fade she's 35 years old she's not improving she's getting worse um hasn't looked good in the ufc Cole, she lost to betch correa last year man come on like that's a fight you have to win I don't know. I'm not impressed by her, man. I've never really been impressed by Sarge. I think she's a little bit overrated. Uh, I know Avia. she's not young. She's 32, but she doesn't have any fights, hasn't had uh, uh, that much damage. And, you know, she's someone that uh, has, has actually got some good wins in the short amount of time she's been in the sport. Like, she has wins over Montanio, over like good, good wins. And then UFC, uh, Keyanzad and and look good in both those fights. The last fight, she looked incredible, although Mazani is obviously not UFC caliber. Give me a vehicle. Does she win by decision or TKO? That's the question. I'm kind of leaning decision because Sarge is pretty tough, but I could see a V actually finishing her too. So I like a V in this fight. Next up, this is a really close fight. This is one of the closest fights in the card. Matchnell against Tyson Nam. Right now we have Tyson Nam minus 125. Matchnell plus 105. Who's your pick?
1: I wrote with the slide I'm not gonna match now. I'm just more impressed. Um Tyson Nam to me. Yeah, he was a guy that should have been in the UFC a long time ago. He was just in the UFC too late in his career. He obviously lost the first two fights to Pettis and Care France. Knocked out a Saruka Adeshev. And we were like one of the only people that picked him to win that fight. And I still don't understand why people were picking Saruka to win that fight against Tyson Nam. But I, I think people are putting too much into Matt last loss. We got knocked out to Pantoja and thinking Nam's that powerful striker. I just think Schnell's going to be able to win this fight in the grappling department. I don't see Nam being able to stop taking us on Matchinell. And I honestly wouldn't be surprised if Matchinell can get a submission win here. I'm really high on Matchnell. I think he's one of the top 10, top five flyweights. I, he obviously just got caught against Pantoja, but Pantoja's a top five flyweight. I think he and he had tons of time. Like he took a lot of time off to heal his brain and whatnot. I don't see Nam landing a knockout punch, and that's kind of the only way I see him winning this fight. I can't see Nam outpointing Schnell on decision. And I don't see him getting a knockout. So I think Matchno can either win a decision or maybe with Smith Tyson Nam.
0: I think this fight's super close. I, I think the line is somewhat accurate. I, I I personally would line it like near like an actual pickum close. Yeah, because I think it's really close. Matchno, I think he has the grappling advantage for sure. I mean, he's had some nice submissions, man. The Espinoza fight, Smolka. Um, but his chin, Cole, is not good. You know, he's been knocked out three times in the UFC. Seven fights in the UFC, he's been knocked out three times for a flyweight. That's not good. So his chain is super questionable, in my opinion. Nam is coming off a massive knockout win over Zauruk Adashev. I think he was the underdog in that fight, Cole. We both picked him there. It was crazy he was the dog. He does have KO power. He does have good striking. He does have decent takedown defense. But he's, a, he's 36, and he's going to start showing his age. He's now 30 years old. Um, now is, uh, you know, to me, the grappling is the, is the edge, is the edge for him in this fight. And if he can get a takedown, he'll win this fight. If it stays standing, though, I'm I'm worried he's going to get KO'd again. So I will pick Schnell too, Cole. It's a tough one to call, but that's what I was leaning as well. I'm kind of glad we're on the same page, Cole, but I'm not as confident as you are, Cole. So I'll take Matt Schnell decision or possibly a submission. I think Tyson M could knock him out though. So I wouldn't bet on this fight personally. I think it's super, super close. Next up, Billy Quarantillo against Kyle Nelson at 145. Quarantillo, minus 255. Kyle Nelson, plus 215. Who's
1: your pick? I like Billy Quarantillo. Obviously, Kyle Nelson, a fellow Canadian, lives in Ontario just around, just near us too. So I think um, if Nelson can't get Quarantillo to the first round, he's going to have a lot of troubles. Kyle Nelson, his first UFC fight, you can't really take much into it. He took it on, like, what was it, five, six days, almost at 231. It's Diego Ferreira. His second loss, of so getting sent against Matt Sales, that's a fight he probably should have won. And then the last one, really nice, whatever, pull a race, but he hasn't fought in over in almost a year. So that's going to be interesting to see how he looks after a year off. He might've improved a lot, but I'm pretty high on Corantillo. I can't see Nelson. <clears throat> I can't see Nelson landing the knockout punch in the first round. I think is going to survive and then use his grappling. And maybe even smit Kyle Nelson. I wouldn't be surprised if he smits him late in the fight, similar to Matt Sales in that third round. I like Quarantil here. I think he's a parlay piece. Like, I wouldn't even be surprised if you could parlay him with a Bobby Green, someone like that, or even do like a three leg, like a Bobby Green. And uh, who's the other person we talked about?
0: Yeah, yeah, I'm just looking at the, I literally just clicked on that. And that's plus 159 for those three. And I, I'm with you, Cole. I think he wins too. I like Quarantil a lot in this fight, guys. Uh, first off, momentum is huge in the sport. This guy has seven straight wins. He looked amazing against Spike Carlisle. That fight was incredible, by the way. He's looked amazing in the UFC, man. He's a really, really good fighter. Um, I think he did test positive for COVID 19, so that's always a concern. But, you know, if he's taking this fight, he's definitely tested negative recently. And I like this guy, man. Kyle Nelson, he did have a nice win over Polo Ray's Cole, but that's a guy without a chin, really, to be honest with you. And before that, he had lost two straight fights. Um, I like Kyle, obviously, a local Ontario guy. I, I've watched him fight before. I mean, dude, I've seen this guy fight in person back in 2012. He fought score fighting series six and he also fought uh submission uh, substance cage combat so i've seen this guy fight in like little hockey arenas and stuff man and i love the guy because you know it's a guy that i've kind of grown up with as well during my career but i don't like the matchup for him. i think quartiles is better everywhere i don't like usually recommend doing like three team parlays especially if you're laying like a lot of money on it but i think those three win cool so i'm pretty confident in all of them this seems like a card where there's quite a few favorites to parlay including a couple coming up. Um, so, you know, typically I, I kind of look for pick-em lines, like close lines or dogs. But in this case, I, I like Quarantillo a lot, Cole. Cole, I think you should be higher, uh, like, odds. I think you should be at minus 300. So there is a little bit of value, I think, in Quarantillo here. I think he dominates this fight and wins. Um, either a decision, call or possibly a stoppage, too. Next up, this is a, kind of an interesting fight. Ed Herman against Mike Rodriguez at 205. Uh, Rodriguez filling in show notice for Gerald Mearshart. And Rodriguez right now minus 255, Herman plus 215. Who's your pick? I like
1: Mike Rodriguez here. I, I don't like Ed Herman at light heavyweight. Rodriguez is going to be much better. Rodriguez is a massive light heavyweight. I know he's taking this final short notice, but he just fought. He's still in camp. I talked to him before this one, and he basically even said, he said when he left the fight, the UFC said, we're going to get you something soon we'll to stay in shape. So he basically went right back into the gym, started working out, and he took this fight on short notice. Ed Herman. I wonder what his mental state is like for this fight. I know James talked to him. He went through like five or six different opponents. He obviously had the fight pull out the day of against and Jarrell I kind of wonder what he was training like after that meershard fight got pulled out. Cause he obviously would, day away he said after, he got all mad and went to the pool and started drinking. So <laughs> I wonder what he was training like. I think Rodriguez can win this fight. But if this gets into the third round, I think Ed Herman can have a lot of success. I like Ed Herman's cardio part than the Mike Rodriguez's. So that's a worry. Like, and I honestly don't see Rodriguez finishing him, but I just think he can do enough win the first two rounds, probably lose the third round win a decision against Ed Herman.
0: I agree with almost everything you said there, Cole, to be honest. Um, you know, I feel kind of bad for Ed Herman because the UFC gave him a really raw deal. This is a guy who's been in the UFC for 14 years since the Ultimate Fire Season 3. Aside from Diego Sanchez, I think he's the longest tenured fighter right now on the roster. So I have a lot of respect for Ed Herman. And this is a guy who's a pioneer of the sport. He deserves more respect than what he's been getting from the UFC. Um, he got pulled, his fight got pulled because Mishar tested positive. He went to the pool to relax and have a few drinks. What is wrong with that? For Dana White to go out there and be like, he should have been ready to fight. How would he know that? Like Kevin Holland's opponent would faint and Kevin Holland's not even a light heavyweight, which made no sense to me. Cole, that whole thing was so bizarre. Um, so the UFC punished this guy kind of, I think they gave him $10,000 to like go home and relax, but he had to train again for this fight. So no idea what his mental state is. I think that was a great point you brought up Cole. But to be honest, you know Ed Herman's a guy who fights on instinct. Anyways, you know I don't think two extra weeks of training is going to change much for him. He's a guy who's just a veteran. He's going to. This is how the fight goes: either Rodriguez goes out there and knocks him out, I think, in the first round, or Ed Herman survives and is able to grind a decision out, or possibly even mock, knock Rodriguez out late. Uh, Ed Herman does have sneaky KO power at times. We saw him knocked out Patrick Cummins. We saw him knock out Tim Boach. He's a tough dude. He's got good knees from the clinch. Good clinch work. Uh, the Caddis uh, Ibergaon fight. Man, he looked good in that fight. Ed Herman is—he's thirty-nine years old, cold, but he's actually on a two-fight win streak. So, the guy's actually looked decent lately. I would have picked him against Gerald Murshard because I like the odds in that fight. I think I no—I can't remember who you picked in that fight. I picked Gerald. Yeah, you picked Gerald, but I did pick Herman. And uh, in this fight, you know, Rodriguez—he's coming off a nice win. He looked great against Pratchett. But number one, marching Pratchett, is not—I think he was cut immediately after that fight. Like he's not a good fighter. No chin. Not only that, but this guy was knocked out brutal fashion bad. Dad and before that. He was dominated by John Allen before that. Um, he did beat Milstead, but he was also dominated by Devin Clark. So to me, this is a guy who's a, he's getting a little overrated, Cole. You know, yeah. Coming off a nice I game. wouldn't
1: lay this price on him at all.
0: I'm with you completely. So Mike Rodriguez, he probably does knock Herman out. I mean, Herman's tough, but he has been KO'd a few times. I just don't like the odds on Rodriguez, man. So my pick's Rodriguez, but this is like you got to be careful on this one, guys. Seriously, don't underrate Ed Herman too much. Next up, Andrea Lee against Roxanne Martaferi. It's a rematch at women's 125. Right now, Andrea Lee minus 320. Roxanne plus 260. Who's your pick?
1: I'm going to Andrea Lee. I just think – I know they already fought. They fought a couple of years ago. And it was – they fought in 2014. It was Andrea Lee's third fight, and it was Roxanne Martaferi's, like, almost, like, 30th or 26th, 27th fight, something like that. Like, yeah, she was – when she fought Andrea Lee, she was 16 and 11. So, uh ah. 27 fights compared to Angelie's third fight, and it was a split decision back then. And I think since then, I think Angelie's only become better. Two-fight losing streak, but I think both split decisions, you could have made the case for her to win both of them. And if she won both of them, she's probably fighting for the belt, like Joanne Caldwell and Lauren Murphy. But I think she's the better strike than Roxy Montefiore. I think she can keep the fight standing. I can't see her finishing Roxy Montefiore. are uh, really hard to finish. I just think Lee's going to be the more active striker. that land the more punches and just
0: get a decision win. So I remember that card really well because I, I remember I had, uh, like, uh, I had Watterson parlayed with some fireside, one like one 1FC that night, back when they called her 1FC, and she lost as a big favorite to Herica DiBerchio, who hasn't done anything since then, and I remember that fight, but also on that same card, Andrea Lee was a minus 1,050 favorite against Roxanne Montefiore and lost, who was plus 600, Roxanne won too, there was a couple of big upsets that night, so... Me, like that line was nuts because at that time, Andrew, we had like three fights. Everyone was hyping her up, Cole. Um, this is a little bit before you were into the sport, Cole, but like she was getting really hyped up as a big prospect. It's taken a little while to like really get there now. I do think she's there now, so I'm gonna pick her again to win this fight, just like I picked her the first time. But the odds to me, like, it's kind of high because she has lost already to her. And you know, Roxanne's pulled off a lot of upsets, Cole. She's kind of one of these fighters win, loss, win, loss, win, loss. Uh, isn't she due for a win now, Cole? So I like Lee because I think her striking is going to be the difference in this fight. But man, I mean, Roxanne, if she gets the takedowns, just like Lauren Murphy did, Cole, I didn't expect Lauren Murphy to beat Andrew Lee. I don't think she did. I don't think she should have. If Roxanne can get takedowns, she can win this fight. So I'm picking Andrew Lee. I think she wins a decision, Cole. I don't like my 320 on her. Um, I'm not going to pick Roxanne, but I mean, if people want to take a shot on her as a dog, I don't think it's the worst shot in the world. Andrew Lee wins the fight, but I don't like the odds. Next up, co-main event. This is a great fight call. Common Worthy against Oddman Azatar at 155. Awesome fight. And Right now we have uh, the odds at, where is it? We have, uh, man, the that's the fight odds. They got to fix this up here. Common Worthy minus 135. Oddman Azatar plus 115. Who's your pick?
1: You're finally not getting that dog money in Common Worthy. Two straight fights. Massive underdogs. Plus 640 against Devontae Smith and plus 205. And and he might have been higher on some other bucks since Luis Pena. He's finally a favorite, but I'm picking against him here. I just think this is going to be a striking fight, and I think Azcar is the better striker. He's the more powerful striker, and he's eventually going to connect and lay, uh, knock Worthy out. Worthy's been knocked out before. He's undefeated at lightweight. He has looked a lot better at lightweight. He, if he was a lightweight his entire career, he's probably in the UFC a lot longer. Like, he's a guy that fought Cannon and got knocked out to Kyle Smith. Uh, that was his last loss at BTC. And If you look at his losses, like he lost to Matt Pissette, Billy Quarantillo, some no-names, Paul Felder. He gets knocked out a lot. He hasn't been knocked out lightweight, but I just think Azatar is going to be the bigger guy. He's going to be the more powerful striker, and eventually he's going to connect on Worthy and knock him out. And I like the dog money on Azatar.
0: I mean, everyone's, you know been fading Worthy the whole time he's been in the UFC because you look at his record, he's got five losses by knockout, and everyone was like, he's going to lose to Devontae uh, Smith, and he knocked him out in the first round. Everyone said he's going to lose to the pain, and he choked him out in the third round. The guy's super underrated. I'm with you, Cole. You don't get that dog money anymore, so it kind of sucks, but... I'm still gonna pick him, man. I'm gonna pick Worthy. You can't bet against him, I don't think, right now. Just look at his momentum, seven straight wins, and he's looked amazing. Uh I'm an Azar undefeated. You know, I like that about him. And he looked good against team of Hackland. but it's been uh, exactly a year actually since he's fought. Um, just a, a year and a day. So I don't like that. And uh I, I think that you know Worthy's proven that he's a UFC fighter, man. And I think you it, it's kind of hard to bet against him right now. So I can see why you're taking Azdar Cole, and I respect that, but I'm gonna go with Worthy, man. I, I think he can win this fight. Don't know if it's going to be by stoppage or decision, but I, I, I'm going to pick him to win this fight. I'm just not going to bet against him right now, not after the last two performances. The guy is really underrated, seriously. All right, finally, called main event, Michelle Waterson against Angela Hill. It is a five-round main event. Right now, Angela Hill minus 125. Waterson plus 105. What's your pick?
1: Yeah, this is a really good fight. and I mean, this, uh, my pick changed when it got announced to five rounds. I was originally going to Angela Hill. I'm now going to Michelle Watterson. I think Waterson's cardio is a lot better. She's been there before in the UFC going five rounds. And to me, Angela Hill is getting more hyped up than what she actually is. Just look at her girls she beat. Ariane Carnelosi, Hannah Cyphers, Luma Luke Booney. None of those girls are even close to what Michelle Waterson's like. When she gets that step up of competition, she loses. Courtney, uh, Nina Antrim, Courtney Casey, Random Marcos, uh, Yag's in, uh She lost Claudia Dale. Really close fight. But I just think it's obviously Hill's the more volume striker. And I... When I talked to Watterson, we even brought this up. She knows she has to pull the trigger more, but she even said, she goes, I have a clear path to victory on the ground. Angela Hill, once you get down to the ground, she looked like a daylight fight and Hill couldn't get up when she got her down to the ground. And I think Watson's going to use a her wrestling here. I think she's going to have a lot of success on the ground. I don't see either of them finishing it, but when it goes to a decision, I think Watterson's cardio, her wrestling is going to be the difference. I think she's going to edge out a decision win.
0: It's a close fight. Again, you know, it's a very tough one to call. I think Well, both- fighters are pretty competitive i think this fight's going the full five rounds i will say that the odds in the fight going the distance surprisingly only minus 230 mi- minus 295 i think it should be minus 400 so i think there's value on that because i don't see a finish happening here Cole. Well, they're both fighters that don't really have ko power um you know the fact it's five rounds it's, it's definitely interesting i do feel like it favors Waterson a little bit and she just recently went five rounds with uh joanna and she did lose that fight but was somewhat competitive this barzata i thought she won that fight me too here's the thing cole you look at angela hill and She's looked great. And I pick against her every fight, and she's proven me wrong a lot. And I, I like that about her, you know. I, I'm not right about her fights a lot. But, you know, that last fight, I thought I thought she won that fight, to be honest with you. But you look at her resume, Cole. What's her best win? Tell me right now what her best win is. Is it Marina Moreau? Is that her best win? That's not a great win.
1: She's R- Marina Moroz or Ashley Yoder, probably?
0: She loses to every good fighter she faces. So, yes, I did think she should have beat Claudia, but she still lost on paper. She hasn't beaten anyone good. That's the thing about her. Whereas, Watterson actually has decent wins. Like, you know, Carolina at the time was a good fighter. Courtney Casey, uh, fans at the time when she beat her was good. Both of them, honestly, are slightly overrated, I think, as fighters because you look at their wins and losses, Cole, not that great. I'm going to pick Watterson. I think she wins the decision here, guys, but I, I wouldn't bet on this fight either. You know, I, if anything, you take the the over because uh, it or the fight goes to the distance. I think the over will probably set at 4.5, but I do think it – I don't see a finisher, Cole. Uh, they're two-point fighters, man. It's going to go the distance. Waterston by decision is my pick, but it's not if I have a lot of interest in betting. Uh, like I said, there was a few like uh, fighters on the prelims that I liked, like Frevela, and uh, I did like uh, Weaver a little bit as a dog. Um, Cole picked a couple of dogs too, so interesting fight, but I think it's one of those cards where you parlay some of the favorites. you know. And generally, I don't recommend going crazy like that because you never know in the sport, Cole, but I think there's going to be a lot of favorites winning. Any thoughts on any of that, Cole? Well, yeah and especially you can't go crazy with
1: parlays i don't recommend 3 leg parlays i think 2 leg parlays is the way to go even if you have to lay a bit of chalk to get your money back i think 3 leg is risky so i think if you're gonna to look to parlay i think some parlay pieces are like uh billy quarantillo brian Barberina, uh julia via maybe andrea lee i know she's high up there maybe if you trust her a lot but i think like if you mix and match a Quarantillo a Quarantillo Avia, Barberina Avia like Green. I think those are smart parlay and Bobby Green sorry like I think if he makes even the only three leg I'd probably be confident in is Quarantillo Barberina, Green but even that I'd probably just do Quarantillo Green because so those are the only two like picks I think are for sure are like who i think are those are my most confident picks on this card yeah, i like
0: i like a via too so i think maybe you do two and two or something if you wanted to so i think definitely you know consider probably some favorites but again we picked a few dogs too so you guys got a lot of options this weekend should be a good card there will definitely be a few upsets though so we'll see what happens but uh i think that the ones being called kind of pegged as the favorites winning should win i'll uh, just quick quickly we'll take these comments but we gotta get going because we only have like eight minutes left Cole, um real can says you have to fade watterson i mean uh You kind of do, but I think in this fight she could win. Straight wager says that uh, first black female in the main event, mid-black boys matter, call me crazy, Michelle doesn't get close rounds in this fight from the judges. That's exactly – I wrote my breakdown. I just sent it in to Brian uh, last night. I said the same thing. I'm like, who knows how the judges are going to score this fight? That's the biggest thing with this fight. The judges are going to come into play, and it could be a split decision. So it's kind of a fight that I wouldn't want action on. You don't have to bet in every fight, guys. You know what I mean? So, like, pick and choose. Cole, let's get through a contender We're going to do it really quick, so kind of rapid fire here, Cole um let's start with uh this fight uh ali Akshev uh, Kizriev against henrik shigamoto at a uh middleweight belt call right now we have Kizriev as minus minus three 355 excuse me and shigamoto plus 295 who's your pick
1: i like Kizriev. i just think he's going to use wrestling grind out a win maybe even to, uh get a ground pound submission win i think he's going to get into the UFC regardless as 12 and 0 they always like having those russian fighters to build up and I think he's going to get his hand raised here.
0: I'm with you, too. I mean, he hasn't fought in two, like almost two years, but he did knock out Rusmar Paul Harris in his last fight. That's a nice win for him on his resume. I don't like the layoff, but I think he wins. And, you know, we didn't even talk about the contenders. You could potentially even um, parlay some of these guys with uh, UFC, although I don't recommend it as much because they're not as proven. But I do think he wins this fight. Shigamoto has experience, but I, I think he's undefeated. The UFC likes this guy. Next up, 135, Manny Martinez against Draco Rodriguez. Very, very close fight. And right now we have, uh, Martinez minus 115, Rodriguez minus 105. It's like a mirror match call. It's super close. Both guys are six and one. They both don't have much experience. Uh, who's your pick?
1: I actually like Jack Rodriguez. He's a guy that had a lot of success in King of the Cage. And he's someone that was going to be in the UFC a long time ago. And King of the Cage would let him out of his contract. And that's, I haven't even talked to a lot of fighters. A lot of players even say, um, I would recommend any of my like, training partners not sign King of the Cage now. Because uh, Jack Rodriguez is supposed to get called up at the Contender Series. He's supposed to get called up short notice. And the guy that runs a potion said, no, you're the face of my promotion. I'm, you have to finish your fu- our fights. Same thing happened to Anthony Romero. He was supposed to be in the series last year and King of the Cage blocked him. So I, he's fought some good guys. He lost Tony Gray in the fifth round. Um, he ended up, that was for the belt. He obviously didn't end up, but he has five rounds on his cardio's there. I just think he's the better boxer. I think this is a stand-up fight. And I think Rodriguez can grind out a win, maybe score a late finish.
0: Yeah, it's super close. Uh, my lean was Martinez, but I'm not confident in this fight. I do not recommend betting on this fight. Cole, we got to go quick in the last couple, okay? Yeah. Uh, Phil Haas against Cad uh, Zamura at Bastaev right now. Haas is minus 510, which is nuts to me. or 405. I'll be honest, Cole. I, I am picking Haas, but I think you—it like dog or pass, right? It has to be, right?
1: Yeah, Phil Haas, zero two, and trying to get the UFC lost in tough, lost, contender series. I like Haas to win the fight, but no way you can lay that chalk on him.
0: I mean, Bistayev, hes not great by any means, but like he does have some, you know, sneaky knockout power, and um, you know he has some experience, fought midfield as well. So I'm going to take Haas, but I think Bistayev could win. Next up, Cameron Church against Sherrod Blackage. Both guys four and Cole. And uh, right now the odds are pretty competitive. Church minus 120, blockage plus 100. Who's your pick?
1: I like Church, but I don't think he gets the UFC UFCD I think he's just too young and inexperienced. I think it's going to be a good fight for him. I think he can get out a win. I don't know if he'll be able to get a finisher stoppage, but I like him in this fight. It's
0: amazing how these guys, they just started fighting like last year and they're already like almost in the UFC. It's in, it's insane how quick guys get in the UFC now. Back in the day, Cole, guys would have to win like 20 fights in the regional scene before they get yeah. it. It's nuts. And finally, Cole, main event, uh, Tafan Naguki. N- 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 uh, sorry about if I pronounced the name wrong, against uh, Al Mateevo. And now we have uh, uh, Naguki at 6'10". And Mateevo 4'60". Tough names. But sorry, guys. Uh, who's your pick, Cole?
1: This fight won't even be close. This is similar to Josh Preece and Chad Johnson. These guys are, are two weight classes apart. Nuchigo's been a heavyweight, and he's finally making the drop down a light heavyweight. But foot 5'8", and he's been primarily a middleweight. There's going to be a massive size difference. And Nuchigo, I know he only has three fights, but his last fight was massive. Knocking at William Knight in the first round. Yeah. I expect him to knock out Matuvo in the first round, get a UFC deal as well.
0: Yeah, Nick Nawuki N- N- is like an amazing prospect, I think, at 205. I know that there was some controversy with that last fight, Cole, but to me, this guy is a really good prospect, and he's definitely getting a deal if he wins, which I do believe he wins. I think he knocks Matevo in the first round and gets a contract. Obviously, the odds are pretty high, but I think that that's uh, pretty accurate, to be honest with you. I think they're opening at minus 375, that was too low to open it up. All right, quickly, there's two other things I want to talk about, but it's got to be quick, Cole. Okay, so number one, that's Korea announced her retirement. It's Yan and Wu. Uh, are you surprised if she's giving her one more one more fight in the Octagon, or you they're kind of doing her solid because she is kind of a veteran in the sport? Uh, well, it was weird. She got announced as
1: released, and then I guess they re signed for one fight. I'm fine with it. Give her a retirement fight. If she truly is done, it should be in the UFC. She's she's one of the pioneers of women's MMA in the UFC. I'm fine with her getting one more. I can't see her winning, though.
0: Yeah, I don't like the matchup for either. Yan and Wu doesn't have a lot of experience on a big name, but. I'm telling you right now, circle that one for potential bet because people don't know who she is, so she, the odds might be actually be pretty good on her. And the last thing I want to talk about, we have like one minute to talk about this cool. Nick Diaz is going to return to the octagon, apparently. That's what manager says. He did a test weight cut, posted a video. I mean, apparently that weight cut was from the, like on Sunday. Who knows when that video was really taken? Who knows if Nick's really coming back? I'm not going to lie. It does get me excited. Nick is obviously a huge name in the sport. But here's the thing, Paul. He hasn't won a fight since you were in diapers, Cole. He hasn't won a fight since 2011, since he beat DJ, who I think hadn't won a fight even before that against Matt Hughes. And I was at that fight, I remember, that like, 10 years ago. So this guy, is he's a pioneer. He's only 37, so he's not like in his 40s yet. But I can't see this going well for Mick Diaz and his return call. I mean, people are saying, you know, Mazadal McGregor. Those aren't the fights he should be getting. If he's going to come back, it's got to be against guys like Carlos Condit, Robbie Lawler, Don Cerrone, Diego Sanchez, someone like that, Cole. I'm fine with him returning, but it's got to be a reasonable opponent. What are your thoughts on this? You got less than a minute to talk about it. Cool.
1: I don't like him returning at all. If you see that aerial interview, he was already like slurring his words. He didn't look good. I don't like him returning. I don't think he should return. And if he returns, he's already. I think the UFC is going to put him against this, like a big name, and I think he's probably going to get knocked out.
0: Yeah, and we'll see. I mean, if he fights Maswell, what a bad match for him be. But he is a super durable guy. He's very tough to finish. I just hope he can pass his test. I, I'm not saying cannabis is a PED by any means, but we know that the commission, especially in Vegas, they, fr- they highly frown upon it. So hopefully he can just, you know, chill with the smoking while he gets ready for this fight or whatever. But uh, yeah, I mean, we'll see what happens. Cool, it depends on whose opponent it is. If it's someone ranked probably doesn't win, but Robbie Lawler is ranked number 15. That'd be a good fight to get him back kind on of in the rankings. That's it, Cole. I think we're, we're done. Yeah, great show today. Really appreciate all the compliments, uh, comments, guys, I should say, and the compliments, too, but the comments. I really appreciate it, guys. If anyone had any other questions about the card this weekend, message me on Twitter, and I'll hit you up as well. Cole, plug your stuff. you got about 30 seconds. Go ahead.
1: Uh, Twitter, Eccleshow91. The show's out. Michelle Watterson, Patrick Mix, head of his title fight, uh, Roxamount Ferry, Kyle Allison, stories with all them. And then I also talked to Tyson and Frank Mako, Roseville Roberts. All that will be on my Twitter.
0: Awesome. Yeah, you guys can follow me on Twitter at m M&M uh, podcast, MMAOddsmaker.com. It's on our YouTube channel, iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, everywhere. It's so definitely hit the world, guys. Hit that subscribe button. We appreciate it. Uh, you guys can check me out at BJPen.com, always there with the news. And, uh, of course, ma rings on net as well. I actually have an article that uh, I think will be coming up tomorrow about five potential opponents for Nick Diaz. And, guys, subscribe to Cole's podcast at BJPen Just Scrap Radio. Cole, thanks again for joining us. It's me. on
1: iTunes now as well. so.
0: He's on iTunes there, too. All right, guys, have a great day, and I'll be back tomorrow at 10 a.m. with the Preview Bellator. Bye.